I think that a lot of people do know some Aboriginal people that just don't realise it. You look at my mum, she's English. You look at my dad, he's Aboriginal. And look at me, I'm a bit in between. <laughs> I haven't got the flat nose anymore. I sometimes wish I did. You know, just because I'm Aboriginal doesn't mean I have a flag tattooed to my forehead. Like most of them call me Auntie Lynn, and I'm happy to be their auntie, even though that I'm not. Because I am Aboriginal because of my DNA, not because of my lingo. I am Aboriginal because of my DNA, not because of my lingo. Meet the Mob, a podcast from 1233 ABC Newcastle with Jill Emerson. Subscribe at abc.net.au slash Newcastle. Today for Meet the Mob on 1233 ABC Newcastle, I'm with a young guy by the name of Maddie Morgan. Hey, thanks for being my guest. That's all right. How are you going? Well, good to have you here and good to find your story because you've done so many things, even though you're so young. How old are you? I'm 26. You've worked on the gay Mardi Gras, you've worked for government, but let's go back to where you grew up. Oh, Walga Gaduga. I was the only only kid in my class in year 12, so when I finished year 12, um, I helped my uncle write a Gamilaroi language program to implement into Walga High School and Primary School. Didn't one exist before that? No, they didn't have one. They were teaching... um, Korean or some other language and I was like oh you've got to start teaching our own mob our own language because it empowers you and keeps you grounded through life. That's an amazing thing to do at such a young age. Yeah so it all started at Gaduga we used to say this little opening every morning before assembly we'd say it before we have like the assembly would start it just sort of went Bayami Wollongabba Bana Ninanya Gimblui Marigari Ninyu Gimbla Gudu. What does that mean? Basically just means um, we're all here today in a respectful place. We all respect each other and each other's opinions and values. It's just acknowledging Bayami and that country is sacred. What's Bayami? Bayami is our Aboriginal god. He's the creator of the land. So if you go to some sites in Australia, you can see his footprint where he stepped off the land. There's all areas in Australia that blackfellas know about. You know, he's he's our creator. And you really believe that? Yeah. If it wasn't for my culture, I wouldn't be where I am today. It's kept me strong my whole life, basically. Did you learn all that culture growing up in Walgut and Gaduga? Yeah, my pop taught me a lot. Used to go emu egg hunting, smoking ceremonies. Like, I've got a pretty interesting life. Like, I'm a fair-skinned Aboriginal that's gay, that can speak his own language. And, yeah, it's just... What label do I fit into? Do you know what I mean? Where do I sit? And you've worked for the public service and you run an online Indigenous project called The Black Project. So, yes, you mm. don't tick any boxes. No, I don't. Like, I've worked for the Commonwealth Government for OATSI. That's the what, the OATSI? Office for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Health for the Commonwealth Government. What did you do there? Policy writing, um, the National Chronic Indigenous Package. I helped with that. Uh, renal dialysis in Yundamundu, the Northern Territory intervention, but I kind of left because I didn't really like what was happening with that. Do you mean when they started the intervention, you left? Yeah, I left. I, I said I'm not going to be an Aboriginal person um, instigating what's happening in the Northern Territory with our own kids and mob. So I went to South Australia. You felt that strongly about it? Yeah, I just... How could you go and send army trucks into a small remote community and just start screening people because you assume they've all been sexually abused. Were you the only one to leave? No, there was a few of my colleagues. We all took other jobs. But it's just, I'm, I'm here for my community, my mob. I'm not going to turn my back on them and, you know. Mm. 
Maddie Morgan on Meet the Mob on 12.33 ABC Newcastle, just 26 years old, has uh, worked for the federal government uh, and been a part of writing uh, a language book, a dictionary, if you like, yeah. for Gamilaroi. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, actually. And um, I think we teach it in a few schools because Gamilaroi is the second largest nation in New South Wales. So um, it's a pretty strong culture that we've got down there. And some other things I've done, like working in the Anugu Pitinjara lands, I learnt that the South Australian blackfellas are completely different to our mob. Like, they speak lingo on a first basis, and English is a second language. So we went out there with the SA State Health Minister. South Australian? Uh, yep. And they've got nunkries, and they're these healing doctors. So they're like a black version of a psychologist. So they can heal any Aboriginal person that has a mental health issue. It's amazing. I've, I've been out there, I've seen it. And so what we wanted to do is get them into a community-controlled health service and get them paid like a Chinese herbalist. That sort of... You know what I mean? And is that what you actually did with South Australian Health? Yeah, so basically, why shouldn't Aboriginal people with skills and things that have been passed down, like Aboriginal people that are rainmakers, that are healing doctors... They should be recognised by our people so they can help our people because the best medicine for our own mob is our 60,000 years of culture. Do those skills actually work? The evidence that we gathered, it does work. Um, Aboriginal culture is very sacred and it's very kept quite close-knit in communities. But, um, you yeah. think there's scope? You yeah. think there is both skill and scope? to bring those secret skills into the mainstream so that they can be used more broadly? Look, there's been studies done recently that 60% of mental health can be healed by just walking through the bush for an hour. So putting your feet in the red dirt, in this walking, it's been proven that if you put your feet on the grass and walk, it reduces blood pressure. So blackfellas have been doing these things for years. Like, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. Well, it's interesting because I recently went to a naturopath and paid her $90 and she suggested to me, when you go home, Jill, why don't you take your shoes off and walk on the grass for a bit? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Maddie Morgan on Meet the Mob on 12.33 ABC Newcastle. Uh, Maddie, you said that you're gay, obviously, pretty open and happy about that. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I'm pretty passionate about it and, you know, there's a lot of gay people in my community that won't come out because of the stigma. So I got a job with ACON, the AIDS Council of New South Wales, massive big organisation. So I was the team leader for the Aboriginal Gay and Lesbian Project. And I ran the 2013 Mardi Gras, which is pretty amazing. You ran the Mardi Gras? Yeah, I led the Indigenous float. We had 400 people. Couldn't get Jess Mowboy there, but we, um, we went on the Sapphires theme. So we all dressed up as 60s and stuff. What was that like? Well, we had 14,000 other uh, people behind us marching. We had about 20,000 people lined up Oxford Street. The police officer looked at me and I had a big Aboriginal flag in these tiny little undies, all tanned up real neat. (laughs) Um, And he just said, go. And we just marched. And it was one of the most amazing days of my life because I was standing with four other Aboriginal gay and lesbian people, sister girls, brother boys, and we were paving a way for that disadvantaged community of gay and lesbian people. And I'm so proud. Like, that's, that's my life legacy. It is about acceptance. And we need to accept people more. 
And you were there on that historic float in the game Mardi Gras in 2013. Yeah, we had the music cranking. Um, it was amazing. I thought I was famous. Like, just had all these people taking photos on the side and Aboriginal drag queens. And, yeah, it was pretty deadly. It was mad. Do you think that event was one of the steps in turning around perception and acceptance? Yeah, well, we were on the front page of the Koorie Mail and that was pretty mad. Had everyone ringing me up. But it just goes to show that um, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from, you're still a person and you belong to a community and heritage and you should be accepted no matter what. Maddie, you've come from Walgett and Gadooga. Been everywhere. You've been to Sydney, you've been around and now you're in Newcastle, the real centre of the universe. How did you end up here? Well, my cousin who's living here, Norman Button, He's one of the local famous boxers here. And I just took a stint up here to work with a Wobbicle, so working with Deadly Choices, which is a partnership with the Newcastle Knights. So I took that job, and it was the best job, one of the best jobs I've ever had. So helping young Indigenous boys get into sporting programs and stuff like that. And I just fell in love with Newcastle, the beaches. It's beautiful. I love it. Great place to live. Now, another thing that you do is run this thing called the Black Project. What is that? Oh, it's another hat. Yeah, so the Black Project is an Instagram page. I've got about 5,000 followers. And what I'm trying to do is create an Aboriginal community on social media so that we can all be interconnected and share positive stories. So I've got Aboriginal cafe owners on there. I've got athletes. I've got businesses. And I've linked their accounts and I promote the hell out of them. And... It's quite successful, yeah. It's pretty mad. How do you measure the success of something like that? Someone once said to me, all Aboriginal people need in Australia is a, um, like a social media event manager because all we get is bad publicity. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to start good publicity and I've been doing it for two years now and I've built this audience up and all I do is do good publicity because that's what we need. We need good publicity for our mob. And are there good? Is, are there that many good news stories to tell? Yeah, there's like gym owners, coffee shop owners, people with their own cookbooks. There's all this undiscovered talent that's just lying around a community and they're not recognised because they probably don't have a hundred grand to go and start a business. But you know, this is a little page that I started and hopefully it takes off. And five thousand people involved is pretty big. Yeah, yeah. So I get. Jess Mowboy liking my photos and Samantha Harris comments on my stuff. She's a David Jones model, um, Aboriginal. And so, yeah, it's getting there. You're 26, you've done a lot. Looking ahead, what are your dreams? Look, I just want to be really successful, but what is that? I want to be a leader, and I want to be a leader for my three sisters. I want to be a leader for my mum and dad and my community. You know... We got a once-in-a-lifetime chance to make a difference today, right now, and that's what I really want to do. And whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. Is life good for you? I have good days and bad days, just like everyone else. But that's why I'm part of this whole go-to-yoga thing in Newcastle, and it just chills me out. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, well, they've turned the room up to 37 degrees, which I'm used to because... Um, when I used to go to school in Gadooga, it used to get to 50 degrees. The power would cut out. One time my mate cracked an um, egg on the road and it literally cooked. And we used to run down the river. So I'm quite used to the heat and I love it. That's why I go to yoga because it just sweats all the toxins out and you just sort of feel really relaxed. Yeah. 
How often do you do that? Uh, I go twice a week because um, if you haven't noticed with blackfellas, we get a gut feeling on certain things all the time and you get a bit of anxiety when you're stressing out about stuff. And breathing is probably one of the best things you can do to calm your nerves and stuff. And that's what I've learnt from yoga. And on top of that, I'm a resilient person through all the changes I've been through too, you know. Well, you're so young, but you've done so much. Yeah, I've got a long way to go. This psychic told me I've got longevity on when she read my palm, so that means I'm going to live a long time. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, I know. You'd be going against the statistics of Aboriginal people. Yeah, I know. Well, the funny thing is, like, before White Settlement, we were living past 100, and now we're living to, what, 50 and stuff. And I always think to myself, what about when I retire and I want my superannuation, I'll be dead? Because the facts in the government say I die before super gives to me. <laughs> it's a fact. <laughs> oh, you mean the statistical age at which Aboriginal people die yeah, on the Bureau is of before you can actually access your super. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, That's an awful statistic. That is terrible, yeah. You so, are, what are you going to do about that? Oh, my little sisters will get that money. They can buy a flash BMW. <laughs> Where are they? Um, Batemans Bay. Uh, one's doing nursing at Wollongong and the other works for Civil Aviation Authority uh, Sydney and she's one of the 2011 Indigenous Models of the Year. She's, she's a lot darker than me and got all the good features. <laughs> But she's doing well. Yeah, she's doing quite well for herself. You've been listening to a 12.33 ABC Newcastle podcast. For more, visit our website at abc.net.au slash newcastle.